Seriously, I, I know there's a lot going on in the world right now, but is anybody working on a solution for this? I'm, I'm holding up these plastic produce bags that you put your fruits and vegetables in when you're at the supermarket. Thinnest bag in the world, by the way. I don't think they could make this any thinner. I, I know I'm not the only one that can't open these bags. I, it, there's instructions. Open here. says open here. And then I try and open here. And I can't. doesn't matter how much I I try like this. Rubbing them together like, like, like I'm trying to get the genie out of the bag. I, I try everything. Pulling. I'm in the aisle. People go, oh, are you eating your fruits and vegetables? No. Because I can't get the bag open. I can't get the bag open. And, and then I start reading the bag. Now I've got to read instructions on a plastic. As it come to this point in my life, I have to read the instructions on a plastic bag, how to open it. First thing I see is this huge 100% freshness guaranteed. And then there's a number underneath. Do I call the number if, if my mushrooms don't stay fresh in the stupid thinnest bag in the world? And then there's a warning. So, well, this this fine print. Here's the fine print. I thought, oh, good, oh, good. This fine print. They're going to explain how to open the bag. And I look around the aisle. I'm not the only one who can't figure this out. I see other people, different techniques. People, you know, licking their their fingers in the middle of a pandemic and then touching the the, the communal fruits. Look at look at this. Uh, warning. I love warnings. To avoid danger of suffocation, keep this plastic bag away from babies. How insulting. The baby can open the bag, but I can't? How about this? How about at the supermarket, we have a bunch of these talented babies in the produce aisle opening the bags for us. How about that? What's what's wrong with these bags? Everything. Here we go. Episode 17. What's his name, Kev? Arnie, Arnie, Adams, Adams. Oh, yeah. What do you got? We got Arnie <laughs> I have a feeling this is going to be one of my favorite episodes. I feel focused. I feel focused. I got a lot to talk about here. Lots to talk about. Um, I interact with the TV again. I don't yell this time, so you might be interested. I'm going to talk about Bitcoin. What's wrong with Bitcoin? I'm also going to tell you a romantic story that's a cautionary tale, a sort of life lesson. Uh, I'm going to talk about do I miss stand-up comedy? And I have a new segment. I have a new segment I'm introducing on this episode where I have a guest on who uh, will do an anonymous movie review. And I only have him on because he makes me sound young. That's, (laughs) That's the purpose of that segment. So welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for coming back. My name is Ronnie Adams. I'm your host. This is called What's Wrong with Ronnie Adams. You decide uh, what's wrong. Is it me or is it the world? I say it's the world. I say absolutely the world. Well, this, this bummed me out earlier in the week. I was watching TV and I saw a chairlift commercial. And the guy in the chair, you know, it's like a, a motorized chair that takes you up the stairs for when you're older because you can't walk up the stairs and so now you got to sit in this chair. The guy in the commercial didn't look much older than me. I thought, oh no. Oh no, I'm almost at chairlift age. And the guy looks so, he looks so bummed. I thought, that, gee, I, I hope it comes with like an electric chair option. Like you should be able to just go, I've had enough and just hit a button and, and sizzle yourself. You got to be able to sizzle your yourself. They look so miserable. Everybody in that commercial just going up, 
up that th- like I don't know what goes on upstairs, but they don't look happy about going upstairs. That's that's for sure. Boy, life just kicks the crap out of you. You work your whole life to get a house with a second story. That's a big deal. You got a second story, that's a big deal. And then by the time you're almost done paying it off, got to get a chairlift. A chairlift. Let's get into it. What do we want to do? Let's 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 start out. Let's do this is a segment everybody loves. It's when I yell at the TV. Let's let's listen to this because this is sort of this is interesting. Uh, where is it? Here it is. This is so frustrating, and it happens all the time. And I don't know why they don't fix this, but I'm about to. I'm not going to yell at the TV, but I want to explain why I watch this show sometimes. It's purely by accident. That's what we're talking about on this podcast. Accidents. Is it fate? Is it timing? This is another great example. Okay. On the remote control, if I want to watch an HD channel, which uh, it's 2021, I think we're all watching HD. Why is it four numbers? Why is it one zero five five? Shouldn't it just be five five? If for the HD channels, because to press four on these shitty uh, AT&T U-verse remotes, you press one or two, and then you don't get to the third one fast enough, and now you're watching Spanish programming. Every single time I don't get the four numbers in on time, I watch Spanish programming. And I got to tell you, I love it. I have no clue what they're saying, but I'll... I'll sit and watch the entire program because you can just tell by the way they emote the acting. So this one is called uh, El Gancho Corazon, I think it is. And I don't know what a gancho is. I don't know what any of the, what they're saying. Sometimes I hear one or two words uh, and I go, oh, I know that word. But let's, let's, watch, uh, let's watch a few minutes and I'll try and explain what's happening in this program. I started recording. This was, of course, in the middle of the night, in the middle of the program, in this uh, adorable little girl is looking at a picture, and she says, that's El Gancho. And by the way, this this had to have been made 20 years ago because they're using flip phones, and the technology is just so old. But anyway, let me start this. She made a mo- monster face. Oh, good. And then there's a guy who looks like... Uh, Oh, well, hold on. I got to pause it already. He looks like the guy from Full House. The good-looking guy from Full House. I think there was only one good-looking guy in Full House, right? No offense to the other guys that weren't good-looking and became comedians. Hold on. Okay, now this woman is at the desk, and she's talking to a man in a coat. Okay, she has now stood up and she is confronting the man in the coat. She is fired up! He, he's concerned. Okay, he pulls out the little flip phone and he's making a phone call. Now we cut to a, a blue car with definitely not in America. It's a Chevrolet, and he's calling this woman. This woman has very uh, 90s hair. 
Lorenza, ¿dónde estás? Okay, hold on. ¿Dónde estás? Where are you, Larissa? See? See, I'm already learning. Manejando. ¿Vas para la casa? House. No, no, estoy, no estoy muy segura. No sé todavía. No sé todavía. Something about total life or something. Let me, oh, let me live my life, I think she says. Monica! Okay, now, now we cut to a third party. Monica, Monica, okay. The, the woman that's supposed to be at work that just said, let me live my life or let me follow, I don't know, what. doesn't matter. She has a flip phone. Her flip phone is not as small as, as her boss's flip phone. Okay, so you know that's, that, that means he's the boss. She's in a car. She's got these huge sunglasses on, and she's now looking at these two, this couple, very good-looking couple, uh, and he's chasing her. She's got to slow down. So, okay, th- th- this is clearly, I don't know if this is a fight, because I got to be honest, they got to slow down. Something about her head. Okay, he. Oh, she's fighting. Now, I don't know why the. A lot of tension. She throws down the phone. The woman in the car, she's now accelerating towards the couple. She's accelerating towards the couple. The woman runs out into the street. Oh, Monica's going to get it. Slow motion. The guy jumps to grab Monica. And he does. He successfully gets her out of the way before she gets hit by a car. Monica's passed out on the pavement. Credits come on. Un cancho corazón. Now... I have no idea. I have have no clue what's going on in that episode. But I could watch that all day. Oh, yeah. Listen to the vitality. Listen to the strength of my voice, the enthusiasm in that segment. Do I I sound like a guy that needs the chairlift with the electric chair option on the chairlift? I still got it. I still got it. I, you know, I was on the phone with a, a friend last night. I got to tell you something. This podcast could be really funny. If I, if I just let go, I, I'm really funny when I don't think, when I'm not worried about being censored or things coming back to me. I mean, let's be honest. We're humans. We're sick. Our minds are demented. You know, if, you know this cancer culture? We'd be everybody would be canceled every single day if you could read our thoughts. That's that's the truth. And when I get going, I was fired up last night because I'm just I'm sick of people that are just full of shit. I really am. I don't think anyone's looking for a genuine connection. I I, I don't think people can be honest with themselves. They certainly don't want to hear honesty. I got to be careful because I'm that. This is when I get going, and then I start naming names because I've been big into naming names lately privately, which I didn't do in the past, but I, I, I sort of reached the end. It's there's such bullshit and fakery. Like, let me think. Like I was using this as an example. I'm not going to tell you why I was using this as an example. So this is completely out of context. So take it, take it for what, what it means to you. 
Let's say you went to a beach. And the only person on the beach was me with my shirt off. You'd say that guy's, you know, it's not not a bad build. If that's all you were given access to. And then I invite to my beach only people that sort of are in my talent range of physique. So when you look at me, in fact, I'm in fact, I'm only inviting people that look worse than me. Okay? So you say, wow. Well, that guy, that orning guy looks pretty good. Looks pretty good. I'd, you know, I'd walk out of the beach with, I'm sorry, I'd walk out of the water with the sunset behind me and the sun shimmying across the water and be like a James Bond film. You go, wow, look at that hot guy. Now, uh, further down the beach, which none of these people have access to for whatever reason, they're just not given access. They can't get there. In fact, they may not even know it exists. There is a beach with people that are ripped. And I know about this beach. Um, and these are something other women there. I hope there are women there. But for this sake, it's just, it's just men because I'm comparing myself. And, boy, I just lost track. So now at the other beach is everyone's ripped. And I know that beach exists. You guys don't. I could invite those people over to be my friends, but I think, you know what? I look a lot better in this community of people than that other one. So I'm not going over to that other beach, and I'm not inviting those people over to my beach because they'll make me look bad. Okay? Now, that probably makes no sense to you. But maybe I'll reference it again in the future and you'll understand more uh, what I'm doing. I'm sort of coding things because I don't want to throw everybody I know under a bus or a lot of people. But trust me. Don't trust me. Don't ever trust anyone that says trust me. But look deep into yourself. Are you honest with yourself? Do you want to be around honest people? Do you want to hear the truth or do you just want to hide behind bullshit your entire life and never evolve? That was the essence of the conversation, but I can't say how I got into it or why, but if I did, let me tell you something. When I go up, when I'm fired up, when I'm fired up, when I start talking about people that own pets, you should hear that, that, that little rant. When I start going off on that, people that transfer all their love, can't find love from humans, so they, they put it all into a pet. Their dog, walking around with their dog's little pouches and stuff. And everything's their dog. All they just talk, I'm a proud dog mama, proud dog. The dog is supposed to be something, you know, you live out in the meadows and the, the door's opened and the dog just runs free. And you don't even know where the dog is for half the day. And somebody goes, hey, has anybody seen uh, Skipper? Where's Skipper? And you go outside into the field and the overgrown meadows and pussy willows. Is that what they're called? Willow pussies, those things. And uh, tall grass. And you go, one of those whistles. And Skipper comes trotting home. Skipper knows the call. Skipper might even have a little uh, little friend in his mouth that he killed. 
Because that's why you have a dog. You have a dog to protect the property from rodents and stuff. Or maybe you use the dog for hunting. Or maybe you're out on the boat and you use the dog. Or maybe the dog is for security. But the dog isn't to wear, in a, wear in, a, in a pouch going into Walmart. I was in Walmart. Was it Walmart? Target? They all blend together. Some guy had a dog in a in a pouch. Walked in and the dog was spray painted different colors or something. Oh, God, this world. Here's the other thing. I hate people that say though, though, and they spell it T-H-O in the text in communication. I wrote that down. I don't know why, but at the time I was really fired up about it. I was really, really fired up about it. Let's, um, let's do this segment. This is really fast. This is a neighbor of mine. Uh, I enjoy when he talks about art with conviction and he always has these references that I don't know. And every time I hear him talk, I think, wow, he makes me feel young. So this is a quick segment. And if you guys like it, I will have him back to review more. I... All right. So this is a new segment called Anonymous Film and TV Reviews. Or uh, uh, Anonymous Guest That Makes Me Sound Young. Do you have a, uh, what are you going to review for us today? Uh, the Women, 1939's The Women, starring Joan Crawford, uh, Rosalind Russell. It was, uh, this, first off, 1939 was the greatest year for films. It's a film, it's a year they did Gone with the Wind, of course, yep. uh, The Wizard of Oz, oh, yeah. Casablanca, mm-hmm. and then The Women. Mm. It's about a group of women and they're gossiping New York socialites. The film opens. It's fabulous. The film opens. I know if you've seen it, just, you know, be with me here uh, with two dogs fighting in the entryway to Black's department store. And what's interesting here is one of the dogs looks like the dogs that played Toto, which it absolutely is. His name is Terry. Terry is the dog that played Toto. Anyway, the other interesting thing about the women, as you probably know, is everything in it is female. All the art, all the statuary, of course, all the stars. The men are only talked about in the most scandalous way. And, uh, well, the truth of the matter is, and no one knows this but me, there is one man in it, and it's actually George Cukor in drag. And I would challenge you when you watch this movie next time to realize that fine well there you go I feel younger <laughs> thank you yeah I think so yeah I think that was more than enough think about what you can I review give... next time oh I'll oh, give you something more contemporary than the 30s well maybe something during the war 41, 42, Carol Lombard. I'd like to hear your review of Three's Company. I love that show. Last decent show on television. Well, there you go. I'm not going to use his name because he's one of the guys that I recorded for Guest Unknown. And boy, does he have a story. Boy, does he have a story. That guy's he's getting close. He's not actually not that much older than me, but uh, you know he's got the, the attitude of a chairlift person. And I I, I feel bad for people that uh, actually you know need a chairlift for obvious reasons. But I was just startled. The guy in the commercial, he looked very healthy, tucked in shirt and everything. But 
you know, guess you needed the, the chairlift. I'm finding myself so bored with food. Like, I, I just don't... Like, I could cook. It's lost its fun. Food has lost its fun during this pandemic. And coffee doesn't give me the kick anymore. And Mezcal doesn't give me that kick anymore. There's nothing left. Once there's no food left, I used to use food to celebrate. Like I'd work hard. I'd be on the road. I'd come back. I felt good. I made some money and I'd treat myself to a nice meal. Now there's no nothing to celebrate. There's no milestones in c- cooking. I, I, you know, I cooked for the last few days and I mean, most of the time it's like, do I want to spend an hour? That doesn't include all the shopping. An hour putting this together six minutes eating it and then 30 minutes cleaning. I mean, it's like, it's so much work and it doesn't give me any thrill anymore. I mean, most nights I'm like, do I want to cook or I could just eat uh, 25 saltines. It, uh, that's where I, that's where I'm at. I'm, I'd be just as happy eating saltines. I think than if I cooked and I can't even get vegetables because I can't get them into the, or out of these bags. I tried vegetables. I'm, I'm trying to buy vegetables. I'm trying to eat healthy. I'm trying to cook healthy. I've tried new. I made a, a pizza. I mean, not like out of the box. I made a real pizza. And it was unbelievable. Guess what? I never need to do that again. Then I grill all the time. What else? What did I make last night? Oh, I made pasta. I made pasta sauce. I used to do that when I lived in Italy. And guess what? Don't need to do that anymore. I could just take a baguette. Oh, I get this really fresh baguette and really good cheese. I could just do that. Those are the best meals I ever had when I was in Europe and I just sit down in the street, had no money, and take a baguette and just tear it off and put some cheese in there and eat it. Maybe put some Nutella on there for dessert. That was living. So I made pasta. What else did I made? A lot of soup. A lot of I do do canned soup. A lot of sodium, and then I'm fatty McOrney fat face. Orny McFat soup retention fat face fatty. Um, oh, lots of nuts, lots of uh, peanuts, cashews, all sorts. I even bought pistachio, and I, you know, the old, we have to pull them out of the shell. When I was a kid, those shells were red. Nobody could ever explain why all of a sudden the pistachios were red. Your hands and fingers would all be red. There was no reason. They just dyed pistachios red. Somebody look into that for me. Why was there a period in our history of pistachio consumption where we ate red pistachios? Why why did that add anything to the eating pistachio experience? Uh, Can anybody explain that? If I thought of this before the podcast, I would have done three days of research on that and bored the shit out of you with it. What else have I made? Because I'm, I'm trying to picture my fridge with all the leftovers. Lots of salads. I make, But I buy like a base salad. Then I add beets and I add hot peppers and sometimes some meats and a lot of hummus and bread. I love carbs. Man, 25 saltines. Be the name of my band. If I ever start a band, it's going to be called 25 saltines. Yeah, I'm food bored. It's got to be like a form of malaise, food malaise, where you're just like, it just doesn't stimulate you, you any, me anymore. And then 
like we'll get together and have outdoor gatherings and I will order in and, and that's it all sucks. Every time you order in, something's missing. Something is missing from the order. It's just not right. Every time. Every time. And then when you tip on the app, am I tipping the delivery guy? Am I tipping the people that work in the restaurant? How about some clarity on that? How about we fix that? What's wrong with delivery? We don't know who we're tipping. And then the guy looks at you. You're like, oh, I I guess I have to give another 10 because he's looking at me. So I guess he didn't get the tip. We have something interesting happening in uh, uh, California, Los Angeles, Hollywood. I don't know where I am. People are stealing luxury cars because the idiots are leaving the FOIB. Is that what it's called? The key? You know the, the key? Oh, I forgot my key the other day. And I went out to my car and I pressed the button and it didn't come on. Like, and I go, oh no, I must have left, you know, some, a door open, a light on. I drain the battery. I'm like, do I, how do I, do I call a friend? What do I, and, and then I thought, I, I, I think I have AAA. And it turns out I didn't have my FOIB, my key. You know the key? I didn't have it. Now, if I press the on button on my car, it should, uh, it should flash. No key, asshole. No key, asshole. You don't have the key near you, right? Instead, I was in complete panic, and I said, oh, I forgot my key, because there's a million things I have to remember. Sanitizer, masks, and now my key. But uh, the idiots here are leaving the keys in their uh, drink tray in the car, and the thieves just walk in and steal the car. I was on a Zoom meeting last night with the our councilmen, council people, council women, uh, and the chief, uh, chief of police, you know, the whole neighborhood uh, uh, board, com- I don't even know what it's called. But, uh, you know, I'm part of this group now. Looks like I'm heading into politics, everybody. Looks like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be making some changes. I'm going to be making some changes. You know, city council, here I come. Because we're, we're on this call. This call went on forever. There's no resolution. It's just a, a bunch of people complaining. But nobody says, okay, what are we going to do about it? That's all I want to hear someone say. Okay, how do we fix it? I didn't hear any of that. I heard, um, hey, I live in, in my neighborhood. Uh, uh, Packages are being stolen, and there's a lot of cars skidding and loud cars and tour buses. And, uh, and uh, I don't hear something. What, what are we doing? What's the solution? That's why I, I'm asking for your vote today, because I'll solve these problems. I will solve these problems. So yeah, here people are leaving the, the the keys, and then they go, "Oh, my car got stolen." I don't know if it got stolen. It's, it almost feels like you left it there to to be taken, to be borrowed. This world's very confusing. It's really difficult because in this lifetime, what's scary is it doesn't matter how hard you work and how much you make; it can be taken away from you. You can lose your money. Maybe get sick and you don't have the money for the medical bills. Maybe your house gets blown away in a tornado. But there's ways where you think you're secure. Nobody's safe for life. That's what's, that's what's exciting about this little adventure. You're never out of the woods. You can never sit. And the minute you sit back and you think, I did it. I don't have a, a single thing in the world to ever worry about. And then cancer comes on. Or, oh man, I'm just so relaxed. And you're so relaxed, not thinking about anything, that your wife is screwing 
screwing your business partner. Okay? Nobody, nobody escapes this life unscathed. Remember that, you cocky people, you cocky young people that think you know it. I was one of you once. I was one of yous. <laughs> God, I was so arrogant and stupid. The older that I get, the, 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 the I almost said stupider, the dumber I realized I was. I was, and you know what? I hope I look back in five, year, five years and I think, wow, I was really dumb in 2021. But here's, here's some example of uh, more dumb people. Bitcoin. I'm fascinated by Bitcoin because I do not understand it at all. At all. I've watched several documentaries on Bitcoin and I can't figure it out. I, I, I can't. Nobody can explain it. Nobody even knows who started it. It was started by this imaginary fictitious figure called Satoshi Nakamoto. Satoshi Maka, uh, Nakamoto started this. So we don't even know how it came about. And yet people are just throwing money at this thing. And then it's not regulated at all. There's no, like, body. It's just like a group of people trusting each other that that this works and that this thing has a value. It's an imaginary value. To me, it's it's a Ponzi scheme. It's just, I, I hate Bitcoin. I hate Bitcoin almost as much as I hate people that own Bitcoin. I hate the people that own, I've noticed people that own Bitcoin, I don't like them. I just don't like them. I don't like th- their philosophies, their cocky. They think they have it all figured out. There are certain, uh, they fall into a category, a pattern that I've noticed. I don't like them. I've chosen not to invest in something that I don't understand. Because to me, it's a Ponzi scheme. It's a smooth talking Ponzi scheme. How many people can we get in? And by the way, I'm getting the hell out before this thing bottoms out. Well, this thing just keeps going up. And then the, the the Bitcoin asshole friends I have have to call and go, oh, oh should see what I've made this just in a month. I'm, oh, my Bitcoin, my... Oh, I want them to lose it all. Cocky. Well, here's the problem with Bitcoin. Okay, this is from uh, the New York Times. This is uh, January 13th, 2021. Okay. Tens of billions worth of Bitcoin have been locked by people who forgot their passcodes. <laughs> they forgot their passcodes. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> you know, you know when that doesn't happen when you work with a regular bank. Yeah, you know what happens? Call a bank. You go. Oh, I forgot my passcode, and you speak to a person, and there's people in charge, and it's regulated. Okay. Because it's not a Ponzi scheme. Of the existing 18.5 million Bitcoin, around 20% currently worth 140 billion. Billion. Not a million. Billion. Appear to be lost or otherwise stranded in wallets, according to cryptocurrency data firm Chain Analysis. Wallet Recovery Services a business that helps find lost digital keys, said it had received 70 requests per day from people who wanted help recovering their riches, three times the number of a month ago. Because it skyrocketed. It just went through the roof. So people that just owned a few were like, wow, hey, whatever happened to that Bitcoin? And then they find out that they forgot their pin. Well, two people, 
uh, well, one person threw out. He had him on a hard drive, threw the hard drive out, threw out the wrong hard drive. Uh, that doesn't happen when you work with a regular bank. And then another guy has it in a hard drive that's passcode protected, and <laughs> he's got two more chances. He had 10 guesses, and he can't remember. He can't re- I'll get into those stories in a minute, but... Um, uh, Bitcoin, this is still the New York Times. Bitcoin owners who are locked out of their wallets speak of endless days and nights of frustration as they have tried to get access to their fortunes. Many have owned the coin since Bitcoin's early days a decade ago, when no one had confidence that the tokens would be worth anything. Well, well, okay. Uh... With traditional bank accounts and online wallets, banks like Wells Fargo and other financial companies like PayPal can provide people with passwords to their accounts or reset lost passwords. So it's hard to feel bad for people, you know. Well, I guess I just, Bitcoin has no company to provide or store passwords. It's just, I, like I said, I've watched two documentaries. Nobody can explain. Not even uh, the Satoshi Nakamoto can probably figure this thing out. He started this thing as a joke. Now it's like the biggest thing in the world, I'm sure. And then I, I know people have come forward and, and they've said, I am or whatever, but we can't, we can't prove that. Um, so even uh, sophisticated investors have been completely incapable of doing any kind of management of private keys. Right, so that's the New York Times. But listen to this. Okay, and for people that don't know, Bitcoin, it's a cryptocurrency. I I don't know if I have to explain that. I feel like people know that, right? It's a cryptocurrency and it's a type of electronic cash that allows people to spend or trade via a peer-to-peer network without involvement of banks or other intermediaries. So the way I understand it is all these computers talk to each other, but there's just not one computer. So it's safe because... All these computers are backing up other computers and they're checking other computers and they're checking who's got the Bitcoin, all that stuff. So it can't go wrong, right? Unless you forget your password or you throw out, I guess it lives on a hard drive because listen to this. This is from marketwatch.com. Stefan Thomas uh, has a $220 million question. The San Francisco programmer, according again, the New York Times, owns 7,000 Bitcoins. In a digital wallet, he can't access because he lost his password. Yeah. He's tried to guess it eight times to no avail. Now, by the way, this is a, he's a programmer. This, this, is, this is business. I mean, I, I'm not a programmer, and I have a PDF hidden away uh, that has all my passwords. And then I sent a copy to my parents, so it's, it's not in my house. And my sisters have it. And they're probably stealing all my money right now, now that I think about it. This guy's a programmer. Both the examples I'm going to use are are sort of tangentially involved in in sort of the business where they get technology. This isn't like your 80-year-old grandparent can't figure out their password or their PIN. These are people that should be with it. Uh, He's got two more chances or his fortune will be gone. The hard drive where his Bitcoin is held known as Iron Key. Boy, this is a good ad for Iron Key. Uh, if, you, if you never want to see your data again, or you just or you are capable of remembering your passwords and you don't have to worry about the 10 chances, uh, Iron Key, I'm doing an ad for Iron Key, I'd like some money, uh, Iron Key people, allows users uh, 10 attempts to crack the code. Uh, 
before encrypting its contents forever. I just can't believe that something like that can never be unencrypted. I just can't. Aren't there people that crack this shit? Don't they know this stuff? Um, Understandably, it's been a stressful time for Thomas, who years ago lost a piece of paper with his password written on it. That's why you don't have it on a piece of paper, Thomas. It's on a PDF. It's hidden somewhere. Or multiple pieces of paper. Uh, why am I I'm, why am I confused is anybody else confused you want to invest in this company and by the way somebody please do a documentary that can explain Bitcoin like really explain Bitcoin because I've talked to a lot of smart people they can't figure out Bitcoin to me uh, that's me doing the Ponzi sniff test uh, so this is this is Thomas. This is a quote. I would just lay in bed and think about it. He reportedly told the Times in an interview. Then I would go to the computer with some strategy and it wouldn't work. And I would be desperate again. Listen, even when I know my password, I get it wrong several times. Even when I know my password, I use really long. I, I have a secret method for my password. They're long. And you know what? I'll check it. And sometimes, you know, maybe something isn't capitalized or maybe some who maybe you're missing something. Even even when I look at it, I go, that's right. Sometimes it isn't right. So this guy's got 10 chances. So uh, he said, uh, then I would go to the computer. Like many Bitcoin enthusiasts, Thomas was drawn to the cryptocurrency in part because it wasn't controlled by a country or traditional bank. Ha! How's that working out, Thomas? What's it like to be a rebel outsider? Don't want to work within the system. Uh, Let me put it this way. Do you make your own shoes, he said? The reason we have banks is that we don't want to deal with all those things that banks do. The whole idea of being your own bank. What? Now he's having second thoughts. Okay, good. Good, he's coming to my side. All right, Thomas, I apologize. Now you're starting to see the light. This whole idea of being your own... And by the way, if these Bitcoins are lost, that means the other Bitcoins should have more value because there's less of these. And that would increase the value. Do I have to explain that to you people? This whole idea of being your own bank. Let me put it this way. Do you make your own shoes, he said. The re- this guy's cuckoo. The reason we have banks is that we don't want to deal with all those things that banks do. Oh, so he's now pro... You make your own shoes. It's a just a bizarre example. I make my own pizza, Thomas. Yeah, and I uh, sometimes I make my own pizza. Or I just have twenty five saltines. Okay, here's another one. This story I like even more. This was on CNN.com. A British man who accidentally <laughs> threw out a hard drive loaded with Bitcoin into the trash has offered the local authority where he lives more than $70 million if it allows him to evacuate a landfill site. Oh, excavate. Excavate. Oh, well, now he's Indiana Jones. Now he's going to go... Boy, this is... This is like... Uh, it is mining. Now now he really is mining. Because he's mining for the Bitcoin in a in a heap full of trash. IT worker, James, IT worker, there you go, IT worker. He's IT, he's in this business. Like I back up my my hard drives several times and then I send them to a remote location 
So if anything happened locally, they're backed up. This buffoon, uh, sorry, buddy, I'm sure you're a nice guy. Be happy to talk to either of you guys uh, in length if you want to discuss this, because I'm sure the heartache is unbelievable. And I can't imagine if you're married, because I'm sure you get a lot of shit for... Oh! Oh, Mr. Throughout the Hard Drive's home! Look who's home! Look who's home. Mr. Can't remember his password. Mr. Can't remember his password. What'd you screw up today? Did you forget anything else? Ah, not uh, uh, not sure you remember, but next month's my birthday. Thought I should tell you because I don't want to give you 10 chances and have you forget. Mr. Can't remember your password. We could be living in luxury right now, but you decided, ah, uh, I'm going to put my password on a piece of paper. Yeah, Mr. IT guy. Mr. What did that guy do? He was, uh, wasn't IT. What was he? Uh, yeah, he was something. But these people, I mean, I could go. Uh, so here it is. Um, IT worker James Howells got rid of the drive, which held a digital store of 75,000 bitcoins between June and August of 2013. So he had originally mined the virtual currency four years earlier when it was of little value. So I guess with Bitcoin, this is the part that's confusing to me. You can set up a computer. Yeah, this is why it doesn't make sense. People mine Bitcoin. I don't know if they do it anymore. I'm sure every Bitcoin's been claimed and spoken for and uh, password forgotten. But and when it originally started, people bought tons of computers and they were running sort of some sort of program and quote unquote mining. It never made sense to me why this was a way of sort of, you know, distributing Bitcoin. But this guy did it and he made seventy five hundred. And um, and and then when the currency shot up in value, he thought, geez, where's that? Hard? I wonder where that hard drive is. And he realized he had thrown it out. Uh so now with his lost Bitcoin having uh, soared even further, Howells has approached the Newport City Council in Wales to ask permission to dig a specific section of the landfill site where he believes a hard drive ended up. Imagine this. Now, now he's mining f- for the Bitcoin he already mined. In return, he has offered to pay the council a quarter of its current value, uh, which is like 70 million, whatever. The digital currency was created in 2009 by anonymous computer programmer, a group of programmers known as Satoshi Nakamoto. Hey, I might be Satoshi. <laughs> you know, wouldn't this be the greatest cover? Me bashing? Turns out I'm Satoshi. I'm going to invent um, a Ponzi scheme where people uh, forget their passwords and they're stuck in it forever. I mean, that's that's a, that's smart. Uh, digital currency created in 2009. Satoshi Bitcoins are essentially computer files that are stored in a digital wallet on your device. Oh, that's why stored on your device. They can be used as payment or lost. Uh, public list known as a blockchain. Again, another word I don't know what that means. Uh, so this guy, you know, threw out his threw it out. Yeah. The plan would be to dig a specific area of the landfill based on a grid reference system to recover the hard drive whilst adhering to all the safety and environmental standards, uh, he told CNN. The drive would be presented to data recovery specialists who could rebuild the drive from scratch. Well, why don't those people find the other guy's uh, password? Why don't you guys go get, get together and 
drink in the landfill and pass out. Wow. I hope I hope I never make a mistake like that. I really do. Um, anyway, I guess the uh, spokesman for the Newport City Council told CNN that the local government authority had been contacted, and uh, I don't think they're doing it. The cost of digging out the landfill, storing and treating the waste could run into millions of pounds. Well, are we using pounds or dollars in this uh, article, CNN, without any guarantee of either finding it or it working all together? So I, I guess the city's going, listen, it's not worth it. He may not find it, he's, and we're spending millions, and, uh, and it may not work. So, hmm. What's wrong with Bitcoin? I, I There's a lot wrong with Bitcoin, and you're not... Uh, you know, I was thinking of buying it when it was like $7,000 last year. But here's the truth. that That's a security you could wake up, not even wake up, because this thing is traded 24 hours a day. It could just be gone. Just gone. 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 And then who do you contact? I don't like when I contact my bank and I'm put on hold for two minutes. Certainly not going to like it when there's no one I can contact when I have a problem. And, the, and there will be problems. Look at that. Boy, this episode is cooking. This episode, I didn't think we were going to make it this long. 45 minutes. I thought this one's going to be 30 minutes long. Checking off. Bitcoin. Done. Done. Let's do uh, one viewer mail. I got, uh, I'm just going to say his first initial because that's all he gave me. L. This was sent uh, January 17th. Hi, Orny. I recently discovered your podcast, and I'm really enjoying it. I haven't heard all of them yet, but I especially like the one with Stephen Allen Green uh, in the conversation. Also, you yelling at the TV during Kamala Harris' vaccine. I'm sure she will be a terrific beat, but it sounded like a very silly television. Uh, you mentioned you were thinking of discontinuing this podcast this year, but I hope you won't. All the best, L. Miller. Thank you, L. Uh, we've made it to 17. We've made it. I, I like when I print out. I can usually tell how old people are, like if they have a Yahoo email or Hotmail or MSN or uh, Roadrunner. I wonder if they're still they're still around. 25 saltines. We are cooking. We're going to be out of here soon, everybody. This is not going to be a long one. Uh so let's do this. I'm going to play. I recorded this this morning. I put a lot into this. Because I, I sort of wanted to give my outlook on something. Because in the conversation last night where I, I got a little bit sort of ranty, I was discussing sort of the misconception that people think they're supposed to be happy. Like people really generally think life owes me happiness. Live every day to the fullest. Well, the, the deal is you probably should try and live in the moment, but with being smart enough that you can live more moments, like make sure you have enough health and enough money and all that sort of stuff. You know, like you see people like on social media, they always put out this life that just, it doesn't exist. A picture of them skydiving or they're scuba diving or they're skiing, you know, activities you do once in a blue moon. And they put that as that's their life. That's not who you are. Like, who are you? What are you? We're supposed to, humans are supposed to spend most of our days struggling, trying to find food or happiness or dealing with things like, like COVID-19. Like, this is a perfect example. We don't know how to handle this very well because, holy shit, life has been too easy. What? You want me to wear a mask? Oh, my God. Whoa, what? 
And I'm not even being political. There's doctors telling us to wear masks. They're saying that that the, the, the these hospitals are full. Why would I doubt them? What incentive do they have? Maybe the mask works, maybe, but let's just try it. Oh, social distance. Oh, because life is too easy. It's okay to struggle. It's not okay to struggle with produce bags. Okay, these things, these things should open. Why more people aren't up in arms about this? I don't know. That I can't figure out. But trying to get this world healthy, why can't we handle things like this? Because we're spoiled. This creature... This species called human is spoiled. We're spoiled brats. And we've got to get over ourselves and stop thinking we're, we're, you know, indestructible. We're very close to just extinction. And certainly our attitudes need to change. It's okay to suffer. It's okay to feel pain. It's okay to feel lonely. We all feel it. Anybody else want to say it? Anybody else want to admit it? I can feel lonely in a room full of people. Does that shock anybody? Or did you just say, shit, I feel that all the time. What does any of it mean? What what in life is real? Like, is, is time real? I've always questioned whether time is linear or not. And I could go on for hours about this. This is something I've studied because I don't believe it is. And I don't believe we all live in the same time plane. And I'm not nutty, but we're all just on different times. And especially with COVID, this is nuts. Time is sort of suspended. We're just all sort of floating on days of the week. Sunday, fun day. Who gives a shit? Monday, fun day. Tuesday, fun day. Wednesday, fun day. There's no difference anymore. And we've lost all our perspective because of that. You can't control life. I know you want to think you can. And I, I know every day I fantasize about, you know, not working, being at that point where I've made it. But you know what? Like I said, disease can take you out. Anything, anything, every single day, you can lose it. You can lose it. You Just like your Bitcoin password, it can be gone. Like that. Gone. Gone. That's how, that's how delicate this existence is. And you don't have control. Uh, oftentimes I think, and I try and be positive, like somebody, somebody's driving too slow and now I'm stuck in a red light that I would have made if I was ahead of that car. Am I angry at that person or do I thank that person? Because at the next intersection, I might've been plowed in the side and dead. We all affect each other. We, we need to stop being selfish about it. There's so many nature-made problems, COVID-19, diseases. That's we should come together. You know what always fascinates me why I listen to a lot of music? I just can't believe the same species that makes this music. Also, it's just complete dickheads to each other. We're just horrible to each other. And I don't get it. And I don't know why people fear just being kind and human and open and admitting their flaw. This This is why you don't want to hang out with me. Because I'll, I'll look right through you and I'll say it. And even if I don't say it, you know I'm thinking it. You know. You know I know. You know I'm looking through you. All right, so this is going to go over an hour now because I just went nuts. So I want to tell you a story. This story 
will help you understand my philosophy on life. And I know you've had, I know you've had similar thoughts to this. I want to clear up a few misconceptions. Uh, Humans think they have more control over their lives than they do. And, And you really don't. The other misconception is humans think they're supposed to be happy all the time. To live is to suffer. And how you deal with that suffering may bring moments of happiness. But perpetual happiness is a bullshit myth. Just like thinking you need eight hours of sleep a night. It's something that you've been fed and it needs to be corrected within your line of thinking. Take, for example, uh, this love story. Okay, between uh, Ben and Daisy. Daisy is a dancer. Ben is pursuing Daisy. Maybe you've heard this story before. I, I, I don't know. Ben is attractive. Think, um, think like Brad Pitt. Okay, and Daisy's, she's like a, a, like a Kate Blanchett, just classically gorgeous. Daisy's a dancer, has quite a career, and then she gets hit by a cab and destroys her leg. Now, is this her fault? Did she have control over this moment? Probably not. Sometimes we're on a collision course and we just don't know it yet. Whether it's by accident or by design, there's nothing you can do about it. This story I'm about to tell you demonstrates this exact point. Now, this isn't my story. I heard Ben tell it. And many of you might think, is this even a love story? And it is because Ben is in love with Daisy. And Daisy's leg is crushed. She's a dancer, and it gets crushed, and it destroys her career. Now, in order to tell this story, I have to, I have to warn you. It involves two women who are strangers, living completely different lives. One is Daisy, and one is this just random brunette woman. And somehow, their lives collide. And it leads to tragedy for Daisy. Is it her fault? Or is it bad timing? The story takes place in the 1960s. We're in Paris. And this woman, she's early 30s, tall, brunette, attractive, very well dressed. She's about to go shopping. But she had forgotten her coat. So she goes back into her apartment to get it. And when she had gotten her coat, the phone had rung. And so she stopped to answer it. And she talked for a couple of minutes. And we see this. We see the woman on the phone. And while the woman was on the phone, Daisy was rehearsing for that evening's performance at the Paris Opera House. And we see Daisy dancing. She's in her 20s now. She's at the peak of her abilities. And she's rehearsing for that evening's performance. Now, while she's rehearsing, the other woman, the brunette, She's now off the phone. She's gone outside. She has her coat on, and she's waiting for a taxi. We see the woman on the street with her hand raised. A taxi pulls up. She goes to get in it, but somebody jumps in the taxi before she can. So now she's left on the sidewalk waiting for another taxi. While all this is going on, this other person's life that has nothing to do with Daisy, Daisy, unknowingly, is rehearsing. She's dancing, and we see this. Now enters another person into the story, another cab driver. This cab driver had uh, 
dropped off an earlier fare and stopped to get a cup of coffee. And we see him in the coffee shop at the counter having a cup of coffee while his taxi is parked out front. The next scene, we see the brunette in the back of the taxi, okay? And it has to slam on its brakes because some guy ran in front of it, causing the taxi to stop its momentum. The taxi had to stop for a man crossing the street who had left for work five minutes later than he normally did because he forgot to set his alarm, okay? Because he didn't set his alarm, he's now leaving five minutes later, He runs in front of the taxi. The taxi has to stop. The taxi shouldn't even be there because that woman should have caught the earlier taxi. Now, while this is going on, while the man, late for work, crossing the street, making the cab wait, Daisy finishes finishes rehearsing, and she's taking a shower. While Daisy was showering, the taxi is waiting outside of a boutique for the brunette. Okay, the brunette is waiting to pick up a package which hadn't been wrapped yet because the girl who was supposed to wrap it had broken up with her boyfriend the night before and forgot to. The brunette now has to wait for this package to be wrapped. When it's done, she gets back in the taxi. The taxi can't move because it's now being blocked by a delivery truck. The taxi driver is honking, honking, move, move, move. The truck finally moves and the taxi resumes. While this is going on, Daisy... Daisy's getting dressed. She's the first to finish dressing. Now she has to wait for one of her friends who's on the steps tying her shoe. A shoelace breaks. We see the woman try and fix the shoelace. We go back to the taxi with the brunette. It stopped at a red light. We go back to Daisy. Daisy and her friend are coming out of the theater. They're carrying their dance bags. They're coming down the steps. They start to cross the street. Daisy, you know what's, you know what's going to happen. You can feel it. You can feel the tension. The taxi's coming around the corner. Daisy does a tight pirouette. The taxi gets closer. You know what's going to happen. And it wouldn't have happened if only one thing had happened differently. If only the shoelace hadn't broken. Or if the delivery truck had moved moments earlier. Or the package had been wrapped and ready because the girl hadn't broken up with her boyfriend the night before. Or the man had set his alarm and got up five minutes earlier like he was supposed to. Or the taxi driver hadn't stopped for coffee. Or the woman remembered her coat. Or she had gotten into the first cab. Daisy and her friend would have crossed the street and the taxi would have driven right by them. But that didn't happen. Is that luck? Is that design? But life being what it is, a series of intersecting lives and incidents, out of anyone's anyone's control, control. the taxi did did not stop. The The driver driver momentarily distracted. distracted. And that taxi hit Daisy. And her leg... And her leg was crushed. ...was crushed. I don't know if that made sense, but that is from the Curious Case of Benjamin Button, the movie from 2008. The screenplay was by Eric Roth, and it's based on a short story by F. Scott Fitzgerald. And it uh, starred Kate Blanchett and Brad Pitt. 
when I talk about no rules in the first episode of this podcast, that's what I'm talking about. I did that. I don't even know if I did that for you. Maybe I did that for me. What I did was, what you just heard was 90% the script from Benjamin Buttons. I was watching the movie and this whole thesis came on and I thought, this is brilliant. This is I've thought this a million times and I know you have too. We all have. How often is your day thrown off by somebody else's actions? And is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Well, this was explained perfectly because when you're watching the movie, you don't know if, if those intersecting lives was going to mean someone was going to get hurt or Benjamin Buttons was going to end up with the other woman. It wasn't clear, if I remember correctly, but it was so well written. This was such a great screenplay by Eric Roth. It also also felt very uh, Forrest Gumpy to me. I don't know if there are any young people listening to this, but do you know the reference Run, Forrest, Run? Would you know that? I don't, I don't know if my younger... Um, audience is tuning into this. I, I know you're on Instagram and I know you're, you're huge fans of that TV show I was on and I love that. And you send me a ton of messages on Instagram and I can't respond to all of them, but I'm, I'm seeing them and I, and I thank you for them. Um, and if you want to correspond with me with this podcast, it's what's wrong uh, at orneyadams.com. That's the email. Send me whatever you want, even uh, voice memos and I'll play them on the show if, if, if it fits in. But what I did there was I wanted to show you because I'm fascinated by like if you took me and another comedian and you exposed us to the same set of, of circumstances, would we come up with the same material? And I, you know, like people go, oh, you can't do that joke. So and so's doing that. joke. I said, well, I, I experienced the same thing as so and so. That's what I would always think. Like what? Why? That person owns it because they did it first. And like, honestly, like if you take like a Brian Regan, who's so funny. Well, actually, that's probably not a good example because we we have similar thought patterns. Let me think who. There are so many comedians that if I did it and then like Chappelle did it, it would be completely different. Same topic. Complete, okay, take the take the bags, the produce bags. Okay, give give that premise. Can't open produce bags, struggling with them to 10 top comedians. Comedians that you respect, comedians that you think are funny, or just comedians, and see what they come up with. Does anybody else? Okay, so the basic premise is very simple. You can't open those bags. Got it, right? Simple. That's not hard to come up with. Now, I can rely on me being amped up, going, this is the thinnest bag, this is... This is stupid. I sit there and I'm looking like an idiot in the aisle going like, there, there I am, an adult. And the kid, oh, the kid kid can figure it out? Okay, so now I would assume many comedians could come to that point. What comedian says, oh, you know what we should have? Babies in the produce aisle opening the bags for the dumb adults like me that can't figure it out. If these babies can figure it out, that, to me, is a very orny line of thought. Is is somebody else going to come up with that? That That's what's interesting. That's what I was trying to show with this Benjamin Buttons. I took the script. I have the script right here. It was so strange because I have not read a script <laughs> in a long time. Here's the actual script. And I went through the script. And I almost, I read it. I, I, I must have done 10 takes of this. And I just wasn't nailing it. 
And then I'd listen to it. I'd say, I don't think it's telling the story. I don't think the person at home with headsets is going to understand the story. I've got to add more detail. I've got to repeat things. I've got to amp it up. So when you listen to Brad Pitt do the voiceover and you see the pictures, it's it's just so beautiful. And originally I thought, I'm I'm just going to do that. I'm going to play that audio. And then I thought the audio isn't justified because it doesn't have the pictures behind it. Then I thought, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. There's no rights. I can't, you know, it's, you know, there's no royalty to reading the script. And so I started to read it. And then I thought, I don't, I'm closing my eyes. I'm imagining you guys at home. Listen, I go, I don't think it's telling the story. It's not telling the story. I have to add more description. I have to amp it up. So, this is that example I just told about the, the, the produce bag with two comedians. Do they come up with the same bit? I've always wanted to experiment with that. Also, uh, let's, let's give this to a painter. Let's have a painter paint those emotions. Let's have somebody sing about this. Let's take every art form, expose it to the same set of circumstances, see what they come up with. Because I took this Benjamin Buttons, you wouldn't even know. I could have done this in such a way you would never even know that I was taking from that film. And Brad Pitt does it. It's beautiful. And I hope you enjoy my version. I hope it told the story to you and speaks to you in a certain way. And that to me is what is exciting about life is we can all express ourselves in different ways. We can all see two plus two, but how are we writing for? Are we, are we doing the, the number, the actual number four? Are we writing F-O-U-R? In the middle, I thought I should... We could do four like golf, F-O-R-E with a golf club. See, that's what I'm saying. There's so many ways you can express even something so simple like that. So I hope you enjoyed that. And and I hope, if anything, it just maybe was interesting to the ears, which is important to me. I wanted to talk briefly about stand-up comedy because in my head, I've, I've quit many times. And this pandemic made it very easy. And, and last night when I was going off, I, I started to think about my straw bit and how a restaurant wouldn't give me a straw. And they were telling me it was killing fish and I was in a fish restaurant. And I thought, that's one of my, that's just, I, I wish I'd gotten that bit out. And then I, I think, is it relevant anymore? And even my agents, I don't think it's relevant. I, I can make that relevant. And I have some unfinished business. I have special number four. And if I have to self-produce it and put it out, I would do that because... My quest for commercial success, those dreams are probably over. I just, I don't get along with gatekeepers. They don't want me. I'm not hip enough. I'm not cool enough. I don't fit into some, you know, demographic box that they want. I don't, you know, it isn't about being funny. So I would do it myself. Now, do I miss doing stand-up comedy? Not really. In fact, as I'm thinking about this, I've got to respond to another request to do a Zoom that I have to turn down. I don't. I don't. And in my head, now at some point I have to discuss with you because I had such an enlightening thought, life-changing during this pandemic, okay? And it's so simple. It was just right in front of me the whole time. It was so simple. And it would be the opening paragraph if I ever wrote a book. And I wouldn't share it on this. I'm not giving it away for free. But if I told you, it would change your life. If you were able to accept it, if you were able to clear all the clutter in, in, in front of you and be real with yourself for, for one minute, if you had one minute of clarity and, and you could come to this conclusion, accept this conclusion, it would change your life and the burden would be gone. And this happened to me. 
And I've shared it with one person, two people, two people, two comedians. And one of them I was hiking with and he had to just stop. He was just stunned. And it's going to make you check yourself. And it's changed the trajectory of all my thoughts. Doesn't mean I'm still not bitter and angry and remorseful and upset that more didn't happen. But I'm here and I'm doing this and you're listening. And even if it's just a few people, that's fine. Do I want more people to listen? Of course. Do I want people, more people to email and uh, what's wrong at Orny Adams and, and to share this with other people and, and subscribe? Of course. But I can't, I can't beg anymore. I can't. I'm so sick of marketing. Marketing to you while you're marketing to me. I'm done with this. I'm done with it. And my final, my final few of these, I will let loose. And it will be adios. Goodbye. Because if I'm going to be as funny as I can be, there's no turning back. And there's going to be a trail of bodies behind me. And these these people deserve to be. But right now, hey, I'm still happy-go-lucky, lovable Orny. And I'm keeping those thoughts to myself. But if uh, if you could read my mind, you'd be laughing a lot. And you might even agree. So right now, do I miss doing stand-up? No, I actually don't. I actually don't. I don't I don't miss the emotions after the shows. I don't uh, miss the adrenaline rushes and the coming down and the re- you know refueling my adrenaline. I don't miss any of that. I don't miss the travel. I don't miss the, the, the competitiveness, the being accepted, not being accepted. You know, hearing that, you know, when I do shows locally, you know, like at the, the comedy store or Laugh Factory or improv, hearing the crowd cheer for somebody because they're famous. And then they kind of suck. And you know why I'm on those shows? And this is no secret. I'm on those shows because they need solid comedy. And I have to walk out. And the and usually they would have me close these shows. And I'd say, please don't make me close. I don't want to have to go on after all these big names. Because I, I walk out and it's just like they're disappointed. They're just like, who is this guy? And then little by little, I would say, I go, I know, I know, nobody, you, know, you don't know me, that's fine. And then I, I, I build it and build it. And by the end, you know, people would stand. You know, I, I'm not going to talk about myself. Ask around. My, my record's pretty clear. People in the comedy community know me. I'm just not invited to that beach. Thank you for listening. This is What's Wrong with Orny Adams, episode 17. I want to thank you, the listeners, uh, for, for coming back and, and sticking around with me. I want to thank Ernesto Hurtado for mixing this down or up or whatever it's called. Why is it always raining? Of our funny little oh, yeah, tell me about him. He's got crazy hair. What? And he's got great big eyes. What's this? Heather. Orny. Adams. Put it together and what do you got? What? You have Orny Adams. Uh, wait, 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 wait. What's his name again? <laughs> his name's Orny. What's He's name? really, really funny. Oh, well, what's yeah, his what's his name again? Exactly. What was the name of the last guy at the, uh, on the show last night? Yeah, we went to see so and so, but who was that? That last guy was funny. 
Yeah, call the club. Call the club. Club. The, the next day, the phone's ringing off the hook. Who was the last guy? Orny Adams. Orny, Orny Adams. He can make produce bags funny. Why are we standing at the end of the show for a guy talking about straws? Why? That wasn't very edgy. Oh, why? Because we're all human. And we all think like that. And he's not pandering. What an episode. This episode, I'm telling you, I thought I was going to talk for 15 minutes. I didn't have much to say. But once I got into the zone, the what's wrong with Orny Adams zone, boom, 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 boom. Boy, is that hacky. Boom. Uh, Anyway, Bitcoin, Spanish TV, Benjamin Buttons. Will I do stand-up again? And thank you to my anonymous guest for giving me a movie review. We will see you again on episode 18. What's wrong with Orny Adams? And that hum you hear in the background is because I forgot to shut the fridge off in my trailer. Stupid me. Now, has anybody seen my Bitcoin password? (laughs) 